0: Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer your conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, especially St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We've got a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. Don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by Mr. Brad Nierman from Berserk Productions. He is down in Lando Lakes, Florida. Our guests for today are Dan Johnston from St. Croix we're going to have a little visit with a good friend of ours from the midwest mike mcnett he works for u.s angling and they've got a job open so if anybody out there is looking for a job or wants to get into the fishing industry take a listen to mike mcnett that i'm going to visit with a guy i really like a young angler he's not been at it all that long but he sure is winning a lot of trophies and cashing a lot of checks he is from alabama his name is dustin connell first Let's uh, swing it over to Mr. Dave Kranz, who's going to bring out Dan Johnston. Take it away, David.
1: As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by Syncroy, the best rods on earth, and they always bring us Dan Johnston. Welcome back, Dan.
2: Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, no problem. Uh, we're starting to feel the uh, the coolness in the air, even though it's uh, uh, mid-August, uh, you know, mid to the third week of August. and But we're feeling it. It's, it, it's getting late into the summer. And uh, late summer, early fall, uh, we have to do things a little differently to catch bass and panfish. And let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's a great time of year to fish, and it's not only do we feel it in the temperature, but pretty soon here we'll, we'll start obviously seeing it in time of day, too, and amount of available sunlight in the day, too, and, you know, Dave, you're a hunter, and you know, you and I relate a lot of hunting things to fishing things about the master plan and everything. There's no doubt. They start to group up. They start to feed up. You know, there's certain things we really want to look for. Like right now, we, we we could get real specific, you know, it's particularly on that concept of healthy water. You know, you look at most of the spring and even early summer, a lot of your lakes and rivers are, healthy all the way around them, but well-oxygenated, pretty good. You know, they'll go in and out of clarity with rain and up and down. I get all that. But generally speaking, you can catch them in a lot of different areas. But right now it's so critical to find healthy water for, especially if we want to focus in on panfish or bass. And those panfish really get, uh, they get very target centric. Bluegills love weeds and wood in the summer. They love wood, especially if it's got a little bit of moving water around it, whether that's, you know wind formed or certainly on the river just some small current uh, but again healthy water and, and some of the bays that we were catching real good in the spring and i'm not talking about just bedded up fish even post spawn they're, they're just not there like they used to be because the, the quality of the weeds start to just make it a, a an environment where they just they get out of there and they'll they'll pull you they just got to kind of figure out where they pull to.
1: yeah absolutely And and what We've seen the warmest water temperatures of the year, and it's only going to go down from here. There might be an exception on a couple days if you got a really uh, you know, warm front or something. But for the most part, the, the waters by mid-August have peaked and, uh, and start going the other way because we get some of those cool nights, and, um, and that can make a difference too. Water temperature can be uh, a factor in the fall and late summer also.
2: Well, it helps us, I think, because they really start to feed up. I mean, my favorite time to crappie fish is late fall. Sometimes I'll even take it over the spring if I don't want to beat them up on beds and stuff, you know. So it's a great way to. you can catch big numbers of them. They're aggressive. And another thing that's really cool about right now to late fall that we should mention is you don't have to be vertical with your presentation like you do in the winter. Obviously ice fishing, we're dropping it down a hole, but there's another reason why that works too, is they're not, they don't like to chase a whole lot. It's more of a lift and hold and they're in the water column and they'll ascend to get it where this time of year, you can still absolutely cast to them and bring it back on more of a horizontal pitch and swing or a cast or retrieve for crappie and bluegill. So it's kind of the best of both worlds because they're, they're, They're uh, huddled up in groups of healthy targets, but you can still cast to them. So it's just, it's a great time here to go catch a bunch of them. And it's not like they're just little ones either. I mean, I was on the Mississippi River recently, and back in the sloughs, there's some just classic big, heavy trees right off current that there's just, I went by with my, uh, um, side imaging and there, there were more crappies and bluegills on this thing. It was so crazy that I thought I better shut it down and catch a few of them to make sure. And that's exactly what they were. And there was a bunch of them. So it's not like they haven't grouped up yet. Cause what they're doing is they're trying to find, they're trying to find healthy water and the right cover, you know, in that required depth that makes the water more comfortable because the water's still hot so to be specific you know six to ten foot of water hard current or hard targets close to current and it was just money so that's very typical of what they do in the in the late summer
1: absolutely and and it's don't give up on that top water bite in late summer and fall either huh
2: well, on the bass side, it's it's arguably my favorite time to fish because the topwater baits, and we spoke about this a bunch of times, you can throw the biggest stuff in your tackle box. Not only are they looking to eat, but your bait fish are the biggest they're going to get, and uh, they, get, they really go to shallow rock in the fall because they, they stay warm um and that's a, that's a rock solid pattern top water in the fall shallow way shallower than people think we've caught them when the snows flying on a buzz bait and that is no joke and it, you know and it's funny sometimes we've talked about the fact it takes forever to get fish up in the spring the water temperatures right you think they're there and they're not and all of a sudden they're all over it and in the falls the converse of that it takes forever to get them off it I mean, you could, you'll could. you have fish on shallow targets until that water is cold and late in the year. And it's, it's almost opposite of the way spring works. And you can get out there in 55-degree water and catch them in two foot of water. Uh, they just don't pull. It, it takes a long time to get them out. That's largely because the bait usually stays real shallow in the fall. And Dave, we've talked about this before. A lot of times on reservoirs, and lakes and rivers, that's the time of year you see all the seagulls diving and following your boat when you're going on the lake. The reason why is they're shatter up in the water column. And that can mean they're up in a column back in two foot. That's why you see all those little schools swimming around. They look like water boats or over 40 foot, but they're up in the water column. So that's a really important thing to target for anything we're throwing for crappie uh, and bass especially.
1: Yeah, the birds, definitely, we've talked about that a lot, but uh, I just got back from Lake Champlain and I saw terns and seagulls, and whenever they were diving bait, uh, trust me, I put that trolling motor on high and I headed to them, and and it worked. Uh, uh, There were schooling smallies underneath them. Even though they were over 30, 40 foot of water, uh, those fish were up uh, very close to the surface, within uh, 8 to 10 feet of the surface, and would come and even hit on the surface or close to it.
2: Yeah, that's because they're looking up. And the baiter in the top of the water column. And another really good thing to throw, uh, you know, really right now, all, at least in the Midwest, right now all the way into early November is any type of topwater bait that will call fish from a distance. Like your, your walking baits, your evergreen shower blow, your baits that make a lot of commotion on the top because they might be five, six foot down, but they're in that mindset where they'll come eat it, especially first thing in the morning. That's just a classic pattern. And some of the fish that we're marking with our electronics are not necessarily right on the surface to begin with because we're marking them over deep water, but they'll come and get it. Sometimes, you know, up to 10 feet if the water's clear enough or more,
1: especially in the fall absolutely and i i like throwing an old school pop r in, in this time of year and uh, it it seems like they eat it it calls them and especially if you've got uh, good visibility uh, you know uh three four five ten feet uh, over the tops of the best green weeds that you can find and it is a killer pattern this time of year
2: the thing about a pop r is it doesn't get out of the strike zone unless you're fishing it on a super fast So if you pop pop three four times stop pop up that kind of thing it gives them time to get it where a lot of other baits are out of that strike zone if the fish is having to come from 10 foot down uh sometimes they'll hit it sometimes it's too close to the boat you never know but you're absolutely right that is a that's a bait um really everybody should have in their arsenal any type of small popping bait um, or you can go with large chug bugs are real good in the fall too. And that's a, the bigger chug bug is I prefer it even over the little one.
1: Yeah. And, and on the pop are about a hundred percent of the hits on mine are, are happening after you pop it and you're not moving it at all because that bait's tipping back. And then I use the pro pop are that has the feather on the tail or, or tinsel and, and there, there, you still have life. You still have movement there. And I actually throw it on a, a glass uh, St. Croix spinning rod because I can throw it a mile and get away from the boat.
2: Yeah, again, great effective pattern, certainly for the late summer. Uh, That that little pop bar works real good in the spring, too, when the bait fish is small, too. So it's really two times I'll I'll pick it up. And in the river, I throw it uh, pretty much all the time because it's amazing in current. So you get a little bit of current on a rock, and you fish at a real fast cadence. They almost can't not bite it. In that case, I usually don't slow it down. I'll fish it a lot slower in water that's not moving. That's moving along am fishing in a pretty fast case.
1: Yeah, and on the river, you can get largemouth and, and smallmouth both on the top water, and the, they don't discriminate there. Many times they're in the same areas.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. And you know what? The crappie and the bluegill get real close to the same areas this time of year, too. Um, the, the, the biggest thing about it is. Uh, And this is kind of important. I I would say in the springtime, there's times I'm looking for uh, thinner-limbed wood. In the fall, this time year, right now, I'm starting to look for heavier-limbed wood. Why that is, I don't know. But it's always been something I've always looked for. Fall is the time I'm fishing the big, heavy laydowns that come down into the water, uh, and it just seemed to work real well. And maybe it's a bed up thing in the spring where the, some of that buck brush and shallow spindly looking stuff, it seems to be real good. But it's better in the spring than it is in the fall for me. I go to heavier limbs.
1: Yeah, and I think the heavier limbs hold more heat is what I've always thought.
2: It very well could be. Maybe it's more of a baked motel. Maybe it's a bigger current block. I don't know what it is, oh about baits and lures and how some baits catch us and other baits catch fish. And I'm the age now, David, 55 where I don't care what it looks like. If they bite it, it's going in my box. If it does, if they don't, I throw it out. I don't care or donate it. I don't care what it looks like or how much it costs. And There's so many baits. The pop Bar is one of them. Like it, People can look at that thing and say what makes it special. I don't know. I don't care because they bite it and they bite it all over the country. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things and there's a lot of baits that fall in that category too for sure, but it's important to just let the fish tell you what they want to do and don't necessarily fall in love with, you know, what other people are telling you or something you see in a magazine or something that gets these big rave reviews. Go try it. Figure it out for yourself. And usually there's a certain way you can fish it different than other people that really help too or even some modifications you can do on
1: them. Absolutely. Always good information from Dan Johnson. Dan, uh, looking forward to talking to you next week.
2: Hey, thanks, Dave.
1: Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnson. I am Dave Cran. Steve Starley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back.
0: Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch power and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on Earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam and people always ask me,
3: what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well that's simple, keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move pitch them in the trash do your part and join me visit keepamericafishing.org and pledge to pitch it
1: welcome back to the we fish asa podcast i am dave Cran. steve sarley is remote and this segment is brought to you by calcutta an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors i always like to say everybody i get the interview on this segment has a passion for the outdoors my next guest, Mike McNett, is USA Angling's freshwater fishing director. He's also known as AKA Luke Icewalker. Welcome to the program, Mike.
4: <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much. I haven't heard that term in a while. That's actually uh, Tony Boschel is uh, Luke Skywalker. I was uh, his his master Yoda. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh that's good. That's good. I I love it. Uh we had an update from you about 4 months ago and we like to get an update on uh, USA angling uh, what's going on with it and um you know give us a a little overview last time we had you on was about 4 months ago what what's going on?
4: Oh man, we got a whole lot a whole lot of events coming up for us angling. Uh we've got street fishing which is it's kind of a cool uh concept because it involves the youth, it involves uh, a waterway in a local uh, community, and uh, we're going to the Netherlands, and it should be interesting. Our guys don't have a lot of skill with it. Of course, we got the Bass World Championship in Lake Murray coming up in in October as well, and we have the the, uh, Predator event coming up, and uh, our guys are going to Poland for that, so... It's going to be a busy fall
1: for us. Yeah, it sounds like it, and and you know we've uh, we've kind of broken away from. Uh Everything being shut down from COVID, and that's a good thing. Not that it's going to go away, or sounds like ever go away, but they um, they have a little better handle on on how it affects people. And you know, so many people are vaccinated now, or have had it and have some level of immunity, and that's good because uh, we all just want to get back to normal. Of course, we we have to deal with this inflation, with uh, you know, rising food and gas, and that that affects uh, a lot of things, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, it really does. You know, uh, getting back to work obviously is is difficult for some because once you're working from home, you don't want to go back, you know. But uh, as far as, as getting outside, uh, for me, you know, during the COVID thing, I, I, I didn't do much change. You know, I, I still work from home, but I, I traveled and I think the outdoors is where it's at. You know, it's good to see people getting back out and doing some fishing and uh, you know as far as the inflation is concerned the local events it doesn't affect too much but man we're we're glad the gas prices came down and the, the flights there for a while were phew, the prices were haywire but looks like for our guys going to poland and the netherlands that uh, the flights weren't too bad
1: there you go there you go we all uh we had the icast event that that happened so the industry all came together down in florida and we've got to uh, get an idea of where we're going you know our, Looks like the supply chain issue is gonna get a little better and that helps all of us in the angling world. And, uh, uh, you know, I did see a press release. Uh, this is uh, from USA Angling and, and you're looking for a uh, an ice fishing uh, program coordinator or what, what's the title and what's that involved? And uh, uh, I believe most of your positions are volunteers. So tell us a little bit about that. Maybe there's somebody out there listening that uh, is interested.
4: Well, I hope so. There, there's a lot of ice heads in the Midwest and uh, a lot of people know about the USA ice team. We had the gold medal in Rhinelander back in 2010 and have been competing internationally since then. And uh, my role as the freshwater fishing director, kind of it, it, just too much going on for me to to be the program director for the ice team. So we're hoping that there's somebody out there that wants to help. And uh, it is a voluntary uh, position. You know. It, it's going to be in collaboration with me, so there's not a lot to do other than to, to uh, be able and willing to travel with the team. Obviously, put some time in to uh, organize the travel with the guys, depending upon what country we go to. You know, deal with the bait issue when they're there. Make sure the guys uh, have some good training here back home, based on the venue, and and also you know do some do some pre-fishing here and training, and maybe bring some more youth in. They're going to get support from some of the guys we already have, but we're really looking for a, for a head guy who's, who's interested in ice and, and wants to get involved.
1: Excellent. What's the easiest way if somebody out there has an inkling that this would be for them uh, to get a hold, would they be getting a hold of you?
4: Yeah. Shoot me an email at, uh, mdmcnett at org, and, uh, you know, uh, just give me a little bit about yourself, you know, what your interests are and uh, your phone number. I'll give you a call. We'll, we'll talk about it. I can send you some, some documents that show with a pro- program director what we expect of and, uh, you know, kind of the workload that they're going to have uh, during the year. Really, the, the biggest thing is traveling with the team. They usually go for about a week. But uh, we have quarterly meetings. Just want to make sure that everything's on the up and up with the guys
1: absolutely absolutely well that's good so uh the ultimate goal is it seems to be getting closer that um fishing will be an olympic sport at some point i don't think it's i don't think anybody believes it won't be i think it's going to be it's just how far away are we from that happening
4: well i'll tell you i think uh sips um the governing body for the world championships in fishing uh we help them contact the uh the IOC and the USOC in collaboration with the documents that were sent to them to, to, to be recognized. And, uh, they were a little concerned about, um, you know, a lot of the events are kind of Eurocentric, you know, there weren't a lot of women involved. Uh, they wanted more youth events. And, uh, John Knight, one of our program directors for our events, uh, is really instrumental in, in getting a website set up for them. And uh, kind of getting a, a, a more of a uh, a better reach, a bigger reach to, to the youth and the women. We've got Kathy Fennell on our on our board. Everybody knows Kathy, obviously. And we uh, just sent our first women's team over to the Fly World Championship in Norway. They narrowly missed the bronze and uh, by one point. And uh, I think they're going to resend. The uh, the application sometime in in 2023 to see if if we've fulfilled you know all the things that uh, that were that we're lacking the first time we sent it in.
1: Yeah, I think it would create an interest for uh, more youth and more women to get into it if it did become an Olympic sport. It gives it gives somebody another uh, goal to to shoot for and uh, another reason to be involved and and I think it's going to be a you know. <laughs> Getting, getting it to there will, will help it, although they want to see the interest before it gets there. It, it's going to create awareness like fishing has never had before.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the pros and then college and now high school. Man, if I'd have known that I could fish on a high school team and have a chance to get a, uh, a scholarship to go to college for fishing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's really come a long way. And in our eyes, it's just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, the high school and collegiate teams. When I see these young guys that are doing that, many of them are moving up to. I I fish Toyota series. I just got back from Champlain. Many are moving up to those levels and uh, BASS opens and they're going into these uh, venues and doing quite well. And but a lot of them, you know, it's like any other sport. They're all not going to make it to that top tier. But the ones that don't have learned marketing skills and they've learned how to uh, present themselves in front of people and in front of uh, other anglers and, and two companies. And, and they're some of the youth that are gonna become the next, uh, I mean, we're, I walked around ICAST and I looked around there and I'm like, holy smokes, there's a lot of us that are near 60 or 60 or over. Uh, who are we bringing up behind us was my concern. And, and I think some of those collegiate kids are gonna be the answer.
4: Absolutely. No doubt about it. And, you know, I see, uh, we were talking with RBFF, which, uh, you know, take me fishing program and they just, uh, uh, they came up with the program back in 2018 where they have trailers that uh, are fill, filled with uh, fishing gear and, and they're starting to put them all over the United States. And, you know, uh, focusing on the youth and, and first fishing is, is the priority for us, absolutely. You know, at the World Championship the day before, we always have a youth event. And uh, man, we got to trade out those old dudes for some for some youth for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and then I believe a lot of the states, uh, Department of Natural Resources are working with them, and and they're they're uh, they're seeing the value in in having this done and ha- seeing this program of getting more people involved, and not just out in the country, in inner city youth, and that they may not have the opportunity uh, that has a parent that that grew up in an outdoor family, and I think that all of that is is so helpful, and uh, you know. I, Can do nothing but good, can it?
4: Absolutely. That's why we're really excited about this street fishing world championship coming up because we know with our organization that, I mean, we could have events all over the country and in any and all cities and even connect them now with the internet, some of these new fishing tournaments where you take a picture and it loads up. And we're really excited about that because, you know, those inner cities are the, the places that need us the most.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and, uh, social media is, is so instant anymore that, uh, it's still very popular for, for fishing. I mean, some of the, some of these sites are not as popular, um, with the younger crowd, but when it comes to fishing, I, it is, I mean, even, you know, Facebook is, is probably, uh, you, I can't believe how many fishing uh, videos and how many fishing photos you see on there.
4: Yeah, I love it. I, you know, every time I, scroll through my facebook i usually go on there you know a couple minutes a day it's i love it because all my friends are fishers and hunters and all i see is pictures and videos of fish it cheers me up
1: (laughs) it does it makes makes everything better and whenever you get a chance to get out there do it and we both would i'm sure like to invite everybody that's listening take somebody fishing whether they're a new person a young person somebody that's lapsed that that hasn't been uh uh involved you mentioned take me fishing uh TakeMeFishing.org has a lot of good information on there, and and it's all good. And uh, you want to buy a license, you can get a license on there. You want to find out where to fish, you can do that. There's there's so many good things, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, follow up with uh, somebody there uh, uh, from USA Angling and and uh, see what happens right before that uh, the World Championship. And uh, definitely always appreciate your time, Mike.
4: Thank you very much for having me on, man. I
1: appreciate it. Oh, no problem. That was Mike McNett, USA Angling's Freshwater Fishing Director. I am Dave Cran, Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back.
0: The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta Gear and Apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long-control light lure casting. MAG-4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. My partner's name is Dave Krantz. Please remember that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. You know, if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting their website, asafishing.org. Got one of the young superstars of professional bass fishing with us today. Very happy to have him on. Uh, I hope I don't throw this uh, term around lightly, and that term is hot stick. This guy is certainly a hot stick in professional bass fishing. I don't know if there's a hotter stick out there. Please welcome Dustin Canal. Hey, Dustin, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me absolutely glad to have you i say you are on uh you're on a roll aren't you oh yeah. i say you 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 are on a roll right now aren't you oh
3: man it's incredible i, I can't i can't complain you know I, I never really expected uh you know this last tournament Kai, kind of, you gonna end up the way it did but i sure am
0: uh proud for it all right you you won the uh that was stage six correct Yes, sir. And you had an earlier victory in stage three? I did on Smith Lake in Alabama. Okay. How many people win two major events in one year? You look at that, there, there aren't hardly any.
3: Yeah, it's very, it's extremely hard just to win one of these deals. You know, these guys are the best in the world. And, uh, you know, this, this major league fishing format, man, it's, it's ruthless you know you get out there and you're never really safe you know these <laughs> guys may land on a group of fish and come back and beat you but i'm very blessed to win two this year and uh, just riding this momentum
0: oh, i can i can understand that i, I really can and amazingly, uh, you're 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 a young guy uh you you've hit the 30 mark right I'm at 32. I turned 32 in July. 32, boy, oh boy! I, I remember the first time I interviewed. It was quite a while ago. You wanna, you wanted to vet quickly after you, you, uh, you got into the into the big leagues, and and I and I'm trying to put the timing together in my head. And sometimes these things run together. But I remember Jordan Lee created such a big deal winning. Uh, uh, the Bassmaster Classic two years in a row at such a very early age and all these young guys are hard to stop and then boom. You were not that far off the mark uh, with following up his victories with your first victory and now I believe you had four major victories in a very short amount of time. I do. I. Uh, it's been a very very
3: amazing past year and a half. You know I was fortunate within uh, Major League Fishing Championship, which is a Red Crest last February, and then we've got two this year. So, um, you know, I've I've seen the bottom side of fishing, and 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 I've seen it where
0: it's really great, and I'm just very fortunate. Wait, 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 hang on a minute. What what is the bottom side of fishing, man?
3: A uh, man, you know, uh, I've had a long, long story. I feel like I'm a, a rookie I'm young in this in in professional fishing, but. Man, you know, I've seen it to where it's so hard to cash a check, and I've I've been there where man, you almost go broke going fishing, and you, you're honestly living on just a dream and a prayer. But you know, I just think it takes time to get out here and you learn the lakes and you just dial in your 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 skill set and uh, mature as a fisherman. And I just feel like we're just coming into our own.
0: All right, that's fair enough. Good answer, very very good answer. Uh So. You know, you, you get to see a lot of what's going on, the, the bad stuff, but I don't think you've really uh, uh, faced, faced any of it. Uh, we've seen guys uh, this year, probably more than any in a while, leave the sport, the professional end of the sport, because of uh, uh, personal situations, one being health. A, lot of, a number of guys have had to stop fishing for health reasons, Uh, some, some guys for financial reasons, you know, this is getting to be more expensive all the time. Uh, and, and the other thing is just, is just mental. And, you know, I don't think you'll ever face the mental cause you, you're about as high, uh, high up in, uh, uh, attitude and personality as you could possibly be right now. I don't ever see you being depressed in fishing. Oh man. I, you know, I, uh,
3: I just have a positive outlook. Every time I get to go fishing, man, I'm just very fortunate, and I I truly love this game. You know, I'll go, I mean, it's 93 degrees today outside here in Alabama, and I want to go so bad, but I'm just, I've been wrapped up with stuff and uh, just trying to get settled in at home. I've been on the road for three weeks, and uh, you know, there there is a struggle as far as being gone from home, but you know, I've I've worked construction before and all that, and I, I'm just very blessed to be out here just living my dream and being able to make a living doing it. So I never take any day for granted. Excellent.
0: You set things up pretty well. Uh, if I remember correctly, you're a graduate of uh, University of Alabama? Yes, sir. I did get there, okay. So so you got, you got your ducks in a row, and you got something to fall back on. If if anything were to ever happen, which has got to be a one-in-a-million chance that this is going to fall apart for you, but it, it was really smart of you to go and get your education. Why did you pursue that and, and to, you know, spend all the time and the money to get your education from Bama rather than start fishing earlier?
3: You know, I, uh, I wanted to be part of the college fishing scene. Um, I wanted to, you know... Fishing college, uh, that was one of my immediate goals, Um, and I'm really glad I did. I I got to travel. You know, I remember going to Okeechobee. I went to Lake Louisville. I fished a ton of lakes in Arkansas, Tennessee, and it just allowed me to learn different bodies of water and, you know, get my feet wet in a lot bigger tournaments, and, uh, you know, along with, you know, I got a marketing degree from the University of Alabama and, you know, I use that every day. You know, I'm out here trying to market my brand as well as my uh, my, my sponsors, you know, that, that back me. So um, in this day and age, you know, marketing uh, and, and social media and just branding is very, very important. So uh, it just
0: just all fell in play. Oh, it, it, it truly is. And I think you're very, very smart to have picked up on that and Got your ducks in a row in in, in, that or in, in order to uh, to do what you're doing right now. It's, uh, it's absolutely marvelous. And uh, a lot of people don't realize how tough the job is. You know, fishing is difficult. Everybody listening, you know, picks up a rod and wheel, reel on the weekend, and they realize how tough it is to catch fish. They don't realize how tough it is to get sponsors, to keep sponsors. Uh, the stuff that's involved with the fishing, like the travel and the separation from family, this is a lot harder job than the average guy uh, competes uh, com- you know, uh, than the average guy thinks about. I saw my brother-in-law recently. He said, wait, you're talking to a guy that made $100,000 for catching a fish? I said, yeah, and you know what? You talk about a guy that t- there's people making $300,000 for pitching one inning of baseball. I don't want to hear about it. This catching a fish is damn hard, and these guys are underpaid in my estimation. Oh yeah. You know, I uh, I've I've had that several times. You know,
3: I go to the boat ramp and they're like, Man, it must be nice to go to the fish, you know, for a living and you know, there's always um there's always a side to every kind of sport or every occupation that people do not see. You know, um the, the long drives, you know, I just drove twenty hours to Minnesota, I left there, I drove eighteen hours to New York and you know, I have made those trips and not made a check and then you drive 18 hours home and you've been gone from your family for three weeks. And it's just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I like I said, it's, it's, it's not as
0: easy as everybody looks. And no, no kidding. And, and I had, uh, I was, uh, talking a few weeks back to John Cruz and, and, uh, I asked him if uh, he would like it if they ever, uh, booked an event say out at, uh, Uh, in California, California Delta, Clear Lake, something like that. And he said, I'd love to fish it. He says, but, you know, it's awful tough to ask everybody to drive to California when gas is $6 a gallon. I says, John, you're fishing for $100,000. He goes, there's 150 guys fishing. Only one guy is getting the $150,000. 150 guys are paying $6 a gallon for gas. And I said, you know what? That's a good explanation to that. Because you know we we don't we don't we don't think about that we don't think about the expenses they don't realize that you you guys are arranging for your own hotels or be Airbnbs or rooms or whatever these aren't all laid out for you you've got to find them a lot of times this stuff doesn't happen right uh, th- there may not be a room in the place you want uh, you may get to the event and all of a sudden find out oh we can't find your reservation Mr. Cannell. Ah, things are going, got to go absolutely crazy. And you're your own guy that has to handle all of this. It all falls on your shoulders. You, you know, uh, that's true.
3: And not many guys kind of see the inside lifestyle of, of traveling like that. i tell you the, the, the most important thing that I do not really get much of while we're on the road is sleep. You know, uh, you drive 20 hours. You get to your hotel, you got to get everything set up. You're trying to rig rods. You wake up at four o'clock in the morning. You fish till dark. By the time you get off the water, all the dinner places are closed up, and you're trying to scratch up something for dinner, and you get four or five hours of sleep. You do that for seven days in a row. It's just like, oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah, it's
0: tough. Yeah, it it, it is something. That, and uh, uh, just, just you got to pack. You got to put the stuff away. Uh, and talking about the, the equipment, Uh, you think you have people, you know. Uh, If you're a baseball player, you have somebody who's oiling your glove and, uh, you know, uh, 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 taking care of your bats. You don't have anybody touching it. You wouldn't let anybody touch your equipment because I I asked that very early in my interviewing days. Ask somebody, uh, who helps you with your stuff? And I might as well ask, you know, what's that eye growing out of the middle of your forehead? Nobody's touching my stuff. I wouldn't let anybody touch my stuff. And... uh, Man, add another hour to your day with with stuff to do. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You got after
3: practice and after every day of competition, you go out there and you got to re rig. You know, six, seven. I mean, I had to go tie seven rods with S G knots up when I got done and make sure all of that's right. And I mean, I'm. It's 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 very a uh, tough lifestyle. But hey, when it whenever it pans out and you do get that trophy, it pays off.
0: Yeah, for sure.
3: Uh, are you married now? I am. I am. I have a wife for uh, three years. Her name is Victoria, and uh, she's very supportive.
0: Excellent. Absolutely excellent. I, th- I think I remember you weren't married the first time I, I interviewed you, you. You had just won the $100,000 check, and I asked if that put any pressure on to go jewelry shopping. Uh, and, uh, at the, you know, she sounds like she's just the nicest person and supportive and, and that's very important in this in this business
3: yeah especially with me going a lot you know she's always calling and checking in on me and, and just having positive support there and you know another thing is she's there throughout the losses too um you got to have a good support system because in reality you're going to lose more than the sport you're going to win but you know, I've made those long drives home, and nobody call or text you, and you're just down in the dumps. But just having those people there
0: for you means a lot, uh, for sure. Hey, let's take a quick break. Like our sponsors have a word. I want to come back and talk to Dustin Canell some more. I want to find out who his sponsors are that keep him on the water. This is We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley with Dustin Canell. We'll be right back after this. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected, but what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best In category for technical clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry Dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuable safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts, from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com slash overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. While Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG-4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range, no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control and finesse like no other reel on the market We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to we Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. We've got Dustin Canal with us. Boy, they don't come much better than Dustin Canal. This guy is hot, he's a winner. You know, you look at the winnings. And I always look at the statistics a little bit before I talk to people. You're about at the million dollar mark as far as earnings. How many years you been doing that? Doing this so far?
3: I've been fishing professionally for five years now.
0: Five years, million dollars. That's two hundred thousand dollars a year without any of the other stuff that goes with it. You know, uh, sponsors, uh, any other money that can be coming in. And people listening to go, "Wow, that's a life I dream of." You know what? That's that's not the most amount of money in the world, and I'm not I'm not putting your uh, your your job down. I'm just saying, you know, you, you gotta you gotta have a boat, and, and you know, obviously there's boat deals. You know, you're not going to the marina and walking in and paying full price for the boat. Things work out, but you know, you've got responsibilities, obligations, financial responsibilities. You you got to get a truck. You're talking about hundred thousand dollars for a, a boat, eighty ninety thousand dollars for a truck. Not everything else that comes along with it, and it's getting more expensive every day. I, I really think you guys deserve to get paid more money. Oh man, that's uh, <laughs> I can't
3: deny that. It's, uh, the biggest thing is is gas. You know, we spend a lot of money traveling and gas to and from places. Uh, we stay. I've got a good group of guys I run with, Jacob Wheeler. Um, yeah, Mark Daniels, Adrian Avina, we all kind of room together, help out on cost, but uh yeah, it's expensive
0: getting out there on the road. Yeah, those are some good hey, hey, those are some good sticks too. Those are some good sticks. You got a you got a good bunch of guys that you're that you're dealing with. Uh, the, the, the the one thing that people don't realize, you know you got guys, you know you're friendly with guys, you can't share the driving. Everybody's driving their own truck. That that stinks. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that, that 20-hour
3: drive to Minnesota I just made, and it doesn't matter how you do it. It's 10 hours both ways, or you can drive 15 hours one way. I mean, you're exhausted by the time you get there, and then you wake up day to dark. But, you know, having those guys there when you get there, it just gives you company. They give you encouragement, and uh, it's it's just a good camaraderie.
0: Minnesota is a, is a far trip for you, and uh, it's a completely different lifestyle. And, and and face it, the tour the tours don't go to Minnesota all that often. Um, you know, fi- waters waters fishing is fishing, but you know, just the, the situation and the people up there. Um, are you okay with Minnesota? Do you do you get hung up on the fact that those people up there talk funny, don't they?
2: Oh uh, yeah, you know
0: Minnesota. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a it's a great place. Oh, um, um, you know,
3: Millax Lake is where we're having our next tournament. That's September the tenth through the fifteenth. And you know I've stayed up there several times. They're super nice people, and uh, that lake is incredible. So I can't wait to get back.
0: Oh, so I, I, you have fish Millax? Yes, sir, I have. Okay, okay, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be tough, and it's the last event uh it's almost the last event of the year depending on where where you're where you're sitting um we're still in aug we're still in august as we're talking Uh, doesn't that kind of break your heart that the season's over and there's still four months to go in the year
3: absolutely well i try to talk these guys into having some fall tournaments and uh you know it's just one of the deals we get done in september but i really enjoy the break i get off i go bow hunting um Spend time with my family and just just hang out here at the house. We're gone six months out of the year, so it's a good little change of pace.
0: Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good for you. That that is a, is a good thing. Um, talk about your two wins this year: Lewis Smith Lake and uh, Cayuga. Were was there any different? Were there any? Where are those two lakes located? And were there any differences or similarities between them? You know, Smith Lake was in March, and that was on the lake here
3: in Alabama. It's a very deep, clear lake. It has spotted bass and largemouth in it. And I actually won that tournament catching spotted bass in about 30 foot of water on a drop shot. And um, that was a great tournament. You know, I live two hours from, from that lake. And uh just very fortunate to get that win. It kinda came unexpected. And then we just got done at Cayuga and majority of the field, I would say ninety percent of the field out of eighty boats were fishing for largemouth. You know, uh largemouth on Lake Cayuga was predominantly known. That's that's a largemouth lake, and we ended up winning it with smallmouth, which was a really cool deal. Getting off the beaten path and catching big smallmouth. So Both those wins, you know, they're really milestones in someone's career, and uh, it's just been a whirlwind. Where's Cayuga located? It's in
0: uh, Union Springs, New York. Union Springs, New York. Okay, so basically opposite ends of the earth for your two victories. Uh, And anybody who who wants to look at that – uh, Lewis Smith uh, Lake and say, oh yeah, that's the kennel, that's home water for him. That's not as big a deal as somebody coming from somewhere else. But you going up to Cayuga and scoring big on smallmouth, that's got to make people shake their head and go, I can't believe that kid can do that.
3: Yeah, you know, I've spent a ton of time using my electronics and just trying to understand smallmouth and how they act and uh you know that just fits right in my wheelhouse i get out there i love using my electronics i love using a uh, spinning rod and i've spent a ton of time around my house practicing those techniques you know we go from grassy lakes in florida to clear lakes up north to
0: texas dingy water you have to be ready for any situation oh for sure makes makes a lot of sense to me uh you talked about electronics and uh We'll want to get into that a little bit with you? Whose electronics are you using on your boat? I use Lowrance, Um and uh, I've been using the Active Target with Laurent, the 4 okay. and so Okay, so exclusively Lawrence? Yes. I talking to a lot of guys. I didn't. I didn't even realize this. And, and there's a, a lot to this. A lot of guys, and I say, who's your who's your uh, electronics? And they kind of avoid the answering the question. And the reason is because so many guys are using two brands or three brands on their boat. Uh, So they don't have an electronic sponsor because they're they're not tied into one. Number one, that makes electronics real expensive because if you've got no sponsor, you're writing a check for all this stuff. And and, and this new electronics is really, really expensive, right? Yeah, you know, that's a a side of the game that's
3: changed so much. I mean, in any other... Spectrum, I guess. You know, we got all these new cell phones, cameras, and everything. But fishing, in particular, you know, I feel like the more educated on my electronics, the better. You know, I I be I'm able to locate fish faster, and I can see how those fish react to certain baits. But yeah, it's very expensive, and I tell everybody this: you don't have to have the best and the biggest equipment as far as electronics out there. You know do what you can afford and if you can't afford any electronics you know you can still catch fish shallow and um, there's always opportunities to get a bite
0: yeah yeah I, I I agree I agree with that I agree with that it just amazes me as how, how much it has if how much it has changed and like I was saying about using using multiple brands and not having a sponsor uh, it helps it helps you fishing wise but it hurts you financially
3: yeah, it's uh, you know, each brand. I, I you know, I keep it kind of unbiased. Each brand has their strengths, you know, uh, whether it's Lawrence, Bird, Garmin. I mean, the list goes on. And I just feel like uh, that those strengths they always push each brand to get better and better. You know, mapping as far as for faith, and sonar. But for me, I'm Lawrence dominant. You know, I've I just I've really learned that brand uh, a lot. I understand how to use it, and uh, all the other ones. Unbelievable too. I've seen and used a lot of them, so uh, I don't think you go wrong nowadays. They're all
0: great. Oh, excellent! <laughs> That's a great, uh, great way to say that. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of argument and 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 <laughs> yelling and screaming about forward facing sonar right now to the point where you'll have people say forward facing sonar makes it too easy to catch fish. I don't think it's ever too easy to catch fish. Uh, but what, what do you think? Do you think that forward-facing sonar has a place in this business? Because there's, there's people that are talking about about banning it, and as a matter of fact, uh, the uh, the Pro Muskie Tournament Trail has banned forward-facing sonar, which blew my mind that they would do something like that. But what what do you think about all this uproar? You
3: know, I think uh, it's just a, a transition that guys are going to have to get used to. Um, I can think of a ton of different examples as i don't know just navigation wise everybody used to have navigation units in their car where they would buy them and now everybody's using their phones and, and then i mean you can think of it up on an airplane back back a long time ago they didn't have they just had radar now we have computer screens that tell you exactly what path to run and technology is amazing if you just know how to use it right and you know as far as fishing goes if i can take any kind of guesswork out of my fishing and, and 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 catch them faster and more efficient and i can catch more and bigger fish i don't see a problem with it you know and there's also another controversy as i see it all the time you know oh i'd love to see these boys cut the drafts off and i can tell you you're going to see the same results with a lot of these anglers you know i mean just i mean they're you know, four places so or four, four, five years old yeah and Some of the same names were up top of the scoreboard, you know, back then. And I just think that it all boils down to your work ethic and how much time you really put into your sport, you know, put into the sport. But for me, um, I I use my electronics the way I use them everything. You know, I learn them. It's like reading a book, you know, just learn them the best you can. And
0: I get more bites and I catch more fish. So it's, uh, it's a great asset for me as a fisherman. Excellent, excellent. Uh, run out of time. I want to ask you, see if I get a quick answer to a, a probably a question I shouldn't be asking at this point. There's been some controversy lately. Uh, uh, there was a professional angler that uh, uh, they uh, they forfeited a finish for him. He had finished fifth, and they had for, because he had broken a rule about getting information on the water he was fishing coming up. We live in a social media world, and there's communication everywhere. How do you stop getting information? You know, what do you have to do? Put a, a blinders on and earplugs in and stay inside and not talk to anybody? I don't see how you can keep away from getting information.
3: Well, per our rules, um, you know, we're not allowed to solicit any information, so... Soliciting information means asking for waypoints, asking, hey, man, where are they biting at? What area of the lake's the best, you know, Uh what depth? Um, So we're not allowed to solicit any information. So we're supposed to, you know, show up, figure the fish out on our own. But with this day and age, you know, anything that is public information um, that is free game, you know, whether it's watching a YouTube video, checking the weather, um, any kind of tournament results, and i would say for the for the vast majority of guys out here man that that is a rule that's very respected um you know in and, and that situation that happened that's just uh it's an unfortunate deal um you know that's really the only thing i can say about it i will say this playing the advocate uh, you know before the no information rule there was a ton of guys in this sport that got info that that was just the deal you know you showed up and, and you knew a couple buddies, and they put you in the right direction, and boom, you win the tournament. And that went on for 20 plus years. And now that we we cannot do that, that is, uh, I guess you'd say the the golden rule, you know. So how times change, but yeah,
0: for sure. you know,
3: yeah, in my opinion, you know, I, I feel like not, I would say the vast vast majority in any professional fishing, that's a very respected role.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and you know this is a sport to me without controversy. We don't have it, we don't need it. But you're getting gas on the way to a tournament, and a guy pulls up next to and he says, uh, "Hey, Dustin, throw a silver, throw a silver rattle trap. Throw on silver rattle trap." Okay, you already got silver rattle trap tied onto your rod. You were gonna throw it anyway. Now now you got to be sitting there thinking, should I throw this silver rattle trap or not? Because if I win this tournament. Is this guy going to be telling everybody, "Hey, I'm the guy that taught, that told Dustin Cannell to throw the silver silver rattle trap, and that's how he won the tournament, was because I told him that." I, you know what I'm saying? That that's got to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I
3: typically tell you know, I mean, we have we run into that all the time. People will say something at a gas station or tackle shop, and I normally do my best to you know to try to let them know real quick, "Hey, I can't get any info. Can't get any info." If they do kind of blurt something out, I'll report it. You know, I'll tell uh, Aaron Bashir's our tournament director, hey, man, a guy just kind of blurted it out and said, hey, you know, he's catching them on a the buzz bank. Or, or he's catching yeah, them Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing. That's the honesty side of things. We always try to report any kind of extra info. And, you know, that's just uh, that's the honest thing to do. And we are all patrolled by uh, a polygraph. And... You know, here's my deal. I feel like now that we're all at the, the professional level, we all make a living here. Um, I, man, I'll be honest, as one as I can get it, I've got way too much to lose and just try to figure out my fishing location. All right. I, I don't even feel accomplished if I don't go out there and do it on my own. So, uh, but I, I, like I said, I feel like. I'm, I'm very confident in our guys, and, and that is not a big, big deal. You know, every now and then something slips through the cracks like that, but for the most part, these guys are 100% um, honest, and uh,
0: that's that's my statement on that. That's perfect. Hey, you know what? Every statement you make is a good one. You're well thought out. You're a good speaker. Appreciate having you on. He is Dustin Canell. He's won four majors in a very short amount of time. One of the best young anglers in the business. Oh, throw that young away. He's one of the best anglers on the tour. This guy is the real deal. He is Dustin Cannell. Good luck at Millwax, and uh, I look forward to seeing you at the Red Crest in the spring, Dustin. Good luck to you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, You're quite welcome. Dustin Cannell. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the Internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, Mike McNett from U.S. Angling, Dustin Canell, professional fisherman extraordinaire, and a certainly nice gentleman, to be sure. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and diala. we have your bass covered. Yes, they do. Diala Reels. Remember, we've got a new episode every Wednesday. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts. And check us out at wefishasa.com. Please write to us there. We're always available. We always respond to everything we receive. So get to the keyboard and have at it, my friends. I'm Steve Sarley. I'm here with Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing.